Todd Dills, and in this edition of the Overdrive Radio podcast, we'll get a window into one of the former small fleet owner, longtime owner-op consultant and coach, tax preparer, speaker, former small fleet owner, I think I already said that, and radio host Kevin Rutherford's talks at the Mid-America Trucking Show. In this one, he points to an unfortunate reality in the 2018 year-end income averages from uh, HBS, which showed independent owner-operators with their own authority earning on average less than some leased owner-op segments. In his view, that just shouldn't be the case for any full-time independent given the old greater risk equals greater reward truism. If you're not beating the leased averages and are working full-time or more, something could be terribly wrong. Before we hear his talk, Overdrive Editorial Director Max Heine uh, notes that his discussions with Todd Amon of ATBS point to one explanation for the income discrepancies in the year, their year-end numbers. Eamon pointed to the reality of many of the independence businesses for whom ATBS helps track income for tax purposes. There's a, there's a wide variety of situations among them, he said, essentially, including the presence of part-timers who don't, who don't uh, quote, put in a full year's work. Such part-timers, of course, skew the average low. You can find more discussion of the numbers via overdriveonline.com. Search ATBS. At once... Rutherford's points on business basics are well taken and useful for anyone thinking of making the switch from a leased business to getting authority. A quick note on the audio, this presentation was part of a, a series Rutherford did at Matt's co-presented by truckstop.com. A rep from the company you'll hear speaking at a certain point in the audio uh, at its end, is uh, near its end anyway, is uh, Brent Hutto, Chief Relationship Officer there. Truckstop.com has put together a certification program this year for carriers using their load board and other products that involves a series of in-depth classes at their annual Connected Conference coming up May 14th through 17th overall in Phoenix. You can find more about that online by searching Truckstop.com Connected. Rutherford here gets to a central wild card in today's world for the owner-operator with authority, the cost of liability insurance, as we've written about at Overdrive as well. But here he starts with all the big and little things that you have to do as an independent and how to prioritize them for success. So I've put together this whole list of all the things that have to get done. And it was a lot. And I looked at it and I said, okay, how can we break this down? So I got really technical and I put it into very technical groups of things you have to do. And the groups were the stuff, the important stuff, and the really important stuff. So the stuff is what everybody focuses on. How many of you sitting in here right now are considering getting your own authority? You're probably thinking about things like, how do I get my own authority, right? And then what else do I have to do? And you're probably afraid of that part of it, right? Like, you know, how many of you know what a BOC3 is? Yeah, I could go on and on. I have a whole list of these things. It's the stuff. But here's the thing. This is where everybody focuses. This is where everybody freaks out. What are we going to do? How do you do this? I see the questions everywhere. I get the questions. The stuff that we're talking about, filing for the authority, filing for your VOC3, filing for insurance, permits, that kind of stuff, for the most part, you're going to do once and then it's over. You're going to get your authority, you're going to file your BOC3, you're going to get some insurance, and for the most part, it's over. It's done. Now, here's the other thing. 
How many of you really like dealing with government agents? All of you? Yeah. Not all of this stuff is dealing with government agencies. Nobody in the world of trucking succeeded because they did all of the stuff perfectly. Here's the other thing I love about the stuff. I can pay somebody to do that. I don't have to sit on the phone and try to figure out crazy government forms and rules and regulations. I can just, there are companies all over the place that will do all of the stuff for you. And people say, well, yeah, but you talk all the time about lowering my expenses. If I go do it myself, yeah, your time is valuable. Paying somebody to do this, in my opinion, is well worth it. Even if I want to go do this, what I see happen is people get so stuck on the stuff, they don't get to the important stuff, and they never get to the really important stuff. And then they wonder why after they did everything right, and now they're in business and they have their own authority, they're wondering why they're not successful. Here's a scary statistic. And if you're thinking about becoming a carrier, I want you to pay attention to this. These numbers just came out about a month ago from ATBS. They listed owner-operators leased to carriers, and they broke them down by segments, and they showed their 2018 net profit. It was a record-setting year. Numbers higher than I have ever seen. I think Brent said 40 years we haven't seen numbers like this. We really haven't seen numbers like this since deregulation. It was a great year. But they went further. They broke it down by flatbed van reefer. We got to see how each segment was doing. Then they also threw in another segment of single truck owner operators with their own authority. How many of you would say that it's a lot more work and a lot more risk to have your own authority than it is to being leased to a carrier? Yeah, I said before, being leased to a carrier is almost like having half a business. <coughs> Becoming a carrier is the whole ball of wax. Wouldn't you think that if I have to go do a lot more work than I used to, and I have to take a lot more risk than I used to, is there more risk with your own authority? Does money show up in your bank account every seven days? Not anymore, but isn't that what happened when you were leased to a carrier? Two days. Sometimes. Two hours. There you go. So there's a lot more risk and a lot more work. In business, we usually trade risk for reward. If we're going to take more risk and do more work, we want a bigger reward, don't we? That's not what the numbers show, though. The independent owner-operators across the board made less in 2018 than the owner-operators leased to carriers. That should have never happened. 2018 was an awesome year. The owner-operators with their own authority should have been killing it. And some of them were, not many. I want to help teach people how to be out there killing it. If you're going to take this step, and you're going to do the work, and you're going to take the risk to become a character, I want to help you kill it every year. And you can but you've got to do it right. You can't just think that you can ignore business and you're you know, the greatest truck driver ever, so people should just pay you because you're the greatest truck driver ever. Mm -hmm. Business doesn't work that way. 
So what we want to teach you is about business. So we could put up that whole list of stuff, and you look at it, you go, oh, oh my God, that's just, it's overwhelming. Uh, pay somebody to do that part. And start focusing from day one on the important stuff, and then the really important stuff. So what are we talking about? What would be important if you're thinking about becoming a carrier? Money. Money? Freight. Cash flow. Cash flow. Absolutely. Operating costs. Operating costs. No question. How would we know what our operating cost is? <laughs> yeah, so let me ask you a question. I want you to be brutally honest because I might just ask you to prove it. So be honest. How many of you are owner-operators right now? I don't lease to a carrier, your own authority, I don't even care. You just own a truck. Raise your hand. Now, how many of you that own trucks have a profit and loss every month? And if I asked you right now, last month, what was your gross revenue per mile? What was your net revenue per mile? What was your fuel cost per mile? What was your maintenance cost per mile? How many of you know those numbers? If you notice, not many hands went up. Even though you're running half a business, if you're leased to a carrier, how do you run half a business without knowing these numbers? I've been fighting against this for three decades. I, Brent said we met here doing a seminar. That I did my first seminar here at this show 20 years ago. And I asked the question that I just asked. And the response was about 5% of the owner-operators had those numbers. And I said, I now have a mission. I want to make sure we get that to 80, 90, 100%. Because businesses run on numbers. I have failed miserably. Here we are 20 years later, and I'm still having a hard time finding owner-operators that have a good accounting system. If you're with a carrier and it's working for you, don't have an accounting system, I'll tell you, you're just throwing money away. And, and if you say, I pay the bills, I've been doing this 15 years, I'm happy, knock yourself out. Don't think you're going to move into becoming independent and do just as well. This is why most independents, when we have the numbers, actually take home less money than most owner-operators lease to a carrier. It doesn't have to be that way, and it shouldn't be that way. But it's because they're not focusing on business. So you were correct. We need our operational costs. We need to know what's coming in. We need to know what's going out. And if you're not willing to do that, I will be the first one to tell you, don't take my course. Don't come to the certification. Don't even think about getting your own authority. Just keep doing what you're doing. The 1% <laughs> will focus their time and energy on what really matters. Those are the people who will build true trucking companies. Those are the people that I come back to these events and I just talked to a couple that are in this room. They said, I came to your seminar five years ago, I didn't own a truck yet. I came to your seminar four years ago after I bought my first truck. I came to your seminar three years ago after I got my authority. I came last year and I added three trucks since then. The opportunities are everywhere. This is, I love this industry, there's so much opportunity you've got to do it right. And that's the biggest mistake we see. People are focusing on this. Which group do you want to be belong to? 
right, I'm going to blow through this list pretty quick. You got to register your business. You got to choose your business entity. Are you going to be a sole proprietor, a corporation, an LLC, a partnership? You've got to get an EIN number. You've got to get insurance. Now, does insurance change dramatically when you become your own carrier? Yes. Huge. And right now, we are in one of those weird insurance cycles. I don't know how to explain this. A couple of years ago, I knew guys running around with their own authority paying about $5,000 a year for insurance. Maybe six. Right now, I've heard of people paying $30,000 a year for that exact same product. What the hell happened? I don't know either. But this is one of those things. What's that? They don't want you in. Something. Something. Um, but, it, but people don't realize that. You have to understand these things. Insurance is just one of those wild cards right now. Uh, you've got to register with the DOT. You've got to apply for the motor carrier number. You've got to file the BOC3. You've got to get your abortion plates. You've got to set up an IFTA account. You have to be part of the unified UCR. There's even more stuff. You've got permits. You've got ELD compliance. That's something new. Now you have to comply with those ELD rules. You've got drug testing. You never had to worry about that before. Your carrier did it. You've got to make sure all the signage on your truck is correct. You've got the new entrant exam from the FMCSA that will happen within the first 12 months, and you better be ready for that. Was that a lot? How many of you understand every step up there and know how to go do it? A couple of you. Yeah. It's no fun, is it? And if you do everything up there absolutely perfectly, is it gonna matter? Not a bit, not a bit, seriously. It's just stuff. Pay somebody, get it over with, and while they're working on that, you should be working on the important stuff. The other thing that you just talked about, cost effective. That's right. Exactly. Yeah, very, very cost Doing your own accounting or even paying somebody to do your own accounting is not expensive. I mean, the money you're going to spend, and even on a TMS, it, it's pennies compared to what the value you're going to get back out of having these numbers and having this information. Once you've got a good accounting system, you've got to know your numbers. You know, many of you that listen to the radio show know that this is a common call. It calls me up, I'm kind of struggling, how do I make more money, and I'll, what do I start asking them? What are your numbers? And what do they tell me? Well, I don't have them in front of me right now. What the hell, are you General Motors? Are your numbers that complicated that you don't know what they are? Well, I, I haven't looked at them in a while. I, I can promise you this. You could have woken me up at 2 o'clock in the morning and asked me what my net profit per mile on one individual truck was, and I would have been able to tell you the number half asleep. That's When I say know your numbers, I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I have an accountant and he puts them all together. So You don't know them. You should know them inside and out, upside down, backwards and forwards. You should be able to recite them in your sleep. If you're running a business, this is the core so you have to have a system. If you are the one actually putting the numbers in, you're going to understand them a lot better. But if you're not, you have to figure out how you're gonna dig in and learn what those numbers really mean. 
You've got to define your business model. I, I can't count how many times people say, I'm going to go get my own authority. And I say, what are you going to do? What do, what do you mean? I'm going to get my own authority. I know, once you have your own authority, what does your business look like? Well, I'm going to move right. Well, what kind? What kind of trailer are you going to pull? What, what lanes do you want to run in? How many miles do you want to run? How much time do you want off? What, is, what would you like your average length of haul to be? How many nights do you want to spend at home each week? There are a thousand questions we should be answering before we ever do anything. And again, people are more worried about what the hell a BOC3 is rather than worrying about what their business is going to look like. How many of you, if, if I gave you a piece of paper and a couple hours in a room could write down exactly what your dream business would look like? Are the rest of you idiots? <laughs> Come on, that was a simple question. That wasn't a trick question, by the way. That was a simple question. Somebody who didn't raise their hand but wants to be in business, are, are you telling me you couldn't tell me what you want your business to look like? Or I'm a little shocked by that one. Let's try that again. How many of you could sit down with a piece of paper and in a couple hours tell me, write down what you want your business to look like? Okay. The rest of you thought there was food here, right? I'm shocked at how many people go into business not knowing what the business is going to look like. And instead, they're on the phone with some government agency trying to figure out why their authority hasn't gone through yet because they filled out one of those stupid government forms wrong. And now they gotta start over. Pay somebody to do the stuff. Can you pay somebody to design your business? You could probably pay me, I'll take the check. <laughs> I'll give you a receipt, it'll be tax deductible. But do you want me designing your business? No. Hell no, you shouldn't. I don't care how smart you think I am. I should not be designing anybody else's business. Why do we go into business? I think the questions that you're asking, Heather, it's, it, it scares people because either they probably do know their numbers, but they really don't want to tell you, or they don't know their numbers and bingo. And they really don't want to tell you. Bingo. They don't. Most of the time, they don't. But you've got to know. I mean, that, that one is absolute number one. If you don't, don't do this. Don't try to become a carrier. Because I, I will tell you, I, I think we are in a really exciting time in the trucking industry right now. But I'm also a little worried about the next couple of years. We just had a lot of people flood into this market to become owner-operators, to get their own authority. We have carriers ordering trucks and trailers like crazy, which means more and more capacity is coming into this market. And already, I'm hearing major complaints about how you can't make any money with today's rates. What if they drop another 20%? Which is not out of the question. So if you're going to do this, I think there is a lot of opportunity coming up in the next couple of years, but you better do it right. We're going to, I, I, I'm predicting, I don't make many predictions because I don't like to be wrong, but I'm predicting sometime in the near future we will see a bloodbath in the owner-operator world. But that to me just means there's an awful lot of opportunity.
the guys who are going to go out of business were moving somebody's freight, and they're going to need somebody else to do it. So there is a lot of opportunity, but only if you're willing to do it right. Any questions at all? Raise your hand, shout it out. What's a good strategy? One of the things intimidating for me to get my own authority is I know there's a gap before you can get uh, a lot of brokers to let you haul their freight. How you not, not necessarily true. Well, what he's talking about is if I have a very new yep. number, right. some carrier or brokers don't want to work with me. Sure. There are brokers that are like that. Are there thousands of brokers that'll work with brand new authority? Absolutely. I think uh, just like everything else, you have to prove yourself. You know, what are you willing to do to uh, prove yourself to that broker? I mean, they, they need qualified carriers to be afraid. There's lots of great technology out there that shows uh, information on you that says you're a good carrier. So how are you utilizing that to be proactive, to tell them about it? Well, here's my safety. Here's my years in the industry. Here's what I'm willing to do. Why don't you give me a test run? Let me tell you what I would do. Because I like to do what everybody else isn't willing to do. Yeah. So I would spend time in their system looking for the brokers that control the kind of freight I want in the lanes that I want, because I can do that, right? Fine. I can find who's moving, what freight, what lanes. I'm going to make a list of two or three that really look interesting to me. And I don't care if I live in Maine and they're in Phoenix. I'm either getting a load to Phoenix or I'm getting on a plane. And I'm going to show up at their door. And I'm going to say, look, I might be a new carrier. I've been in this industry a while. I have a great driving record. You can talk to the carriers I've been leased to. Believe in customer service. I'm looking for good partners. How many brokers are going to say no to that? I love math. I'm a math guy. So there's about maybe 100, 150 guys in here. Anybody? Thank you. Very <laughs> uh, Yesterday, there was only 350,000 loads on truck stop. I got a feeling they need some carriage to, to move freight. So there's plenty of freight out there. It's just like everything else in life. How are you willing to apply yourself and promote yourself to get what you want? It's really what, what, the, what the broker's asking you to do is help me solve my problem. My problem is I want to move some freight. How can you help me do that? If you can work on the problem and not work on the battle of whether or not there's an issue between trust and all those other things, you can move a ton of freight and you can be incredibly profitable in this marketplace. The first time I had to go out and try to sell myself to a broker, I knew nothing about sales. I was terrified of sales. I, you know, you get no, 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 no all the time. That's hard to deal with. I had to develop strategies because that wasn't going to work for me. I came up with a strategy. People think I'm insane for this, but it works every single time. Now, I've already said I'm going to go visit this broker in person. Almost. How many of you, be honest, have gone to brokers that you work with to visit them personally? Oh, wow. That's awesome. Pretty good. So good. Good. Not enough. It's still, you put yourself in the 1% when you go do this. I talk to brokers and say, I've worked with thousands of carriers, owner-operators, never met a one of them. So you immediately set yourself apart. Now I'm going to shop them when I walk in. After we make the introductions, my first line is going to be, tell me about your worst load. Tell me about that nightmare load that you have to do because it's one of your better customers, but they have this load that you hate. Drivers hate it. Everybody hates this load. And first off, they're going to be curious as to why I'm even asking for that. And then when they explain that load to me, I'm going to say, I'll take it. Who does that? 
what does everybody else do? They walk in and they want their best load, right? Tell me about, you know, I tell me about your rates and you know detention pay, and they want to know what's in it for them. You don't sell by trying to figure out what's in it for you. You sell by pointing out what's in it for them. And if I come in and offer to take your worst load, not only am I going to take it, I'm going to figure out how to fix it. I will figure out a couple of strategies to make this load not suck as much as it normally does. And I'll make your customer happy while I'm doing it. Now, if I do that a couple times, guess what loads I'm getting pretty soon? The ones that everybody is fighting over and wants. So those two strategies, go visit them in person, tell them to take their worst load. They will forget about that one year.